WMQA. Hello and welcome to WMQA, the official podcast of the WMQ Comics website. I'm your host, Dan Grote. This week we're catching up on all the news that's fit to kibbutz about with returning WMQA All Stars Zach Quaintance from Batman's Bookcase.com and Will Nevin from AL.com and OregonLive.com. Meanwhile, over at WMQComics.com, there's a lot of great content popping up. We've got our first review from Joshua Bermont, who's going to be doing weekly write-ups for us. Uh, last week, he extolled the virtues of Hawkman Number 1 by Robert Venditti and Brian Hitch. Uh, Matt Lazowitz is back to tell us why he's glad Marvel's Unstoppable Wasp is back from cancellation. And I wonder aloud why Pete Wisdom, the Warren Ellis creation and former member of Excalibur, doesn't get more love. So, uh, plenty of great reasons to check out WMQComics.com this and every week. Now, here's me, Will, and Zach. All right, I'm joined by returning all-star guests, Will Nevin and Zach Quaintance. Guys, what's going on? Not much. Happy Bourbon Day, people. Happy <laughs> Bourbon Day. What are you drinking? Uh, this is Johnny Drum. When you are ready for your takes to be beaten like a drum, go for Johnny. It's my first ever podcast sponsor. <laughs> uh, so, there... It, there's a shit ton of comics news. It feels like these last two weeks. So I guess I guess we'll start with DC because I feel like they're winning both in in quantity and quality. Uh, Jeff Johns, create, chief creative officer, wrote a bunch of Green Lantern stories, writing that Doomsday Clock thing, uh, has decided to step down as chief creative officer, and instead he's going to run his own production company, Mad Ghost, that's going to work exclusively with DC across media. So uh, working on the movies, working on the TV shows, working on uh, his own pop-up imprint because DC needed another imprint uh, that's going to focus on Shazam, a Shazam book, a Three Jokers book. I didn't really even realize that was still a thing. And other books fo focusing on lesser-known DC characters and uh, titles. What do, what do we think about this one? Well, initially, uh, I think my first reaction was looking at it from the movie side mm -hmm. uh, because he was a driving force in the DCEU, which I believe we can all agree has not gone well. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so I'll be interested to see where that goes from here. Um, I think, I think this is the, the nail in the coffin for, uh, ben Affleck in uh, in the Batman, um, and we've had other stories that support that too. And um, oh no, that, uh, because I, he was the only good thing about Batman versus Superman. Um, in terms of overall DC, um, I, I don't know. It's it's an interesting move. Um, you you say that he's why uh, he's writing. Um, um, uh, Doomsday Clock, and uh, is he though? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the book's writing. The book writes itself. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Whenever it comes out, but that's fine. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I think we probably have kind of a um, a Captain Kirk to Admiral Kirk situation here. Um, you got a guy who's first best destiny is to make comic books. And I think he got a kind of got out of that for a while. And, and maybe he's coming back to that. That's what it seemed like to me. He's sort of getting back to his strengths. Um, as a movie fan, I'm sort of ambivalent. I don't know if it'll be good or bad uh, for them. 
But as a comic fan, I'm, I'm happy to see it. I think it'll mean more comics, which is something I'm always interested in. So that's exciting. You kind of had some some theories or at least a wish list for some of the quote-unquote lesser knowns uh, that you wanted him to take on. Yeah, well, I, I sort of put out a call just to see what people were thinking because I'm, I'm really bad at those sort of conversations that are, are basically like, hey, wouldn't this be awesome? Um, I always have the worst answers to that. So I kind of asked some people that knew know Johns and DC a little bit better than I do, and I got some really interesting answers. Uh, chief among them is this character I was not previously aware of called Brother the Geek. Um, Brother Power the Geek. He was basically old clothes and a mannequin um, brought to life by dry cleaning chemicals and a lightning strike and then taught about the world by hippies, which I think would be sort of a... If Jeff Johns can reinvigorate that property, uh, I don't know where he goes from there. That's got to be uh, the holy grail. <laughs> uh, moving, moving on. Uh, Vertigo. I remember the first time Will and I recorded, we talked about DC's many, many, many imprints and how Vertigo kind of got lost in the shuffle. And they kind of, they, they, they're coming back in full force, apparently, this fall. Uh, Sandman Universe is going to be part of that. But then they announced like seven other titles. Um, what do we think of this initial batch? Uh, I will start off by saying I am here for Mark Russell's second coming. Uh, after Snagglepuss, he's kind of in my uh, pantheon of favorite writers working right now. So I'm definitely going to pick that one up. You, you did read Flintstones, right? You know, I didn't. Oh, well, if, if you like Snagglepuss, you got to do Flintstones. Um, but yeah. Mark Russell is at the top of his game, and it, it, you know this this deliciously uh, politicized satire, which is great for 2018. Mm -hmm. uh, he, I loved his first um, his first issue of his Dredge, uh, Judge Dredd miniseries that came out. I guess it was last week. Um, Second coming looks great. I think uh, Brian Edward Hill's um, American Carnage looks great. Mm -hmm. Although he gave me pause for like two seconds where he said, uh, like, oh, this is this is not going to be a political book. This is not like, you know, some polemic. And I'm like, eh, eh, it's OK. You, you know, it's OK for your work to say something. You don't have to have this nonpartisan ambition behind it. Uh, but I think it's going to be fine. Uh, this idea of uh, of a person of color. Um, infiltrating uh, a white supremacist group. I think that's going to be a great read. The ultimate question, just with like the last time they, they relaunched Vertigo, is can you keep the momentum going? Can you keep uh, books that people want to read? Can you keep creator-owned works in-house instead of you know letting them go out to, uh, to Image or any number of other uh, publishers that are starting up? So I think this is good news. I think it's a great set of the books, but the ultimate question is, can they keep it moving forward? Yeah, I mean, DC the, DC does not own... DC owns Vertigo, but it doesn't own the Vertigo aesthetic anymore. I mean, that's it's effectively what Image has morphed into over the last, you know, 15, 20 years. And Vertigo editors are now, like, they've gone on to all over the place to start up their own gigs elsewhere between Burger Books, Black Crown, and IDW, and now uh, we'll kind of get to this a little bit later, but this new Ahoy comics that just showed up out of nowhere today. 
So, yeah, it'll, it will be interesting to see how long uh, they keep the momentum going. Uh, you mentioned Brian Hill. He is He's taken off this year, I feel like. Uh, you know, taking over Detective. He's got this Vertigo series coming up. And, you know, he's been doing Michael Craig for Wildstorm, which uh, I know is a personal favorite of yours, Will. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that book as well. And also of uh, Brian Hill, who uh, sort of first came to my attention with uh, Postal for uh, – Top Cow and Image, which is a super underrated book that uh, hopefully as he gets kind of a higher profile, um, more people will check out. But I'm really excited to see what, what he does with his detective run, which sort of hoping uh, evolves into a new book uh, about the outsiders. Um, do you see like the classic outsiders team? Because Metamorpho is kind of on loan to the Terrifics right now, right? Yeah, although who knows how long any of that will last, but, uh, no, I think he'll do his own thing. I mean, he's, he's sort of been, people ask it, seem to ask him about this on Twitter every 25 minutes or so. <laughs> <laughs> and he's been really elusive with the answers. So I think that to me, that would indicate he might have a few surprises, uh, up his sleeve or just doesn't want to kind of scoop himself before that news comes out. Right. Who knows? Um, I like him as a writer and I, I sort of trust, uh, that he'll have, uh, a newer vision uh, to bring to it than just sort of a retread and nostalgia. Uh, speaking of interesting visions, so uh, Sean Murphy's Batman White Knight is now retroactively being kind of folded into the Black Label line, which when that came out, Murphy says that means the trade will include a new Joker Harley love scene. Um, okay? <laughs> I... As soon as they announced the black label line, I was like, whatever you do, don't associate this turd of a book with this project. <laughs> and what do you know? What do you know? I could have been bothered to read the Newsarama story, but I didn't because I'm so disgusted by this whole idea. What I presume is that the trade is going to be in this black label line and that the trade is going to have, ooh, Harley Quinn boobies because we're all 12 and that's what we want. Um, I, 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 I'm so just flabbergasted. I can't, I can't even imagine who thought this was a good idea, who wants this. I know this book sold and that makes me sad because it was not a good book. And this idea that not only do we want to um, to, to publicize and, and, and give attention to this romance and go into it so deep and, and that we want to be pornographic with it, it's just, it's exhausting. And his tweet was exhausting. And the whole project just makes me sad. Um, and it's really... If this is the first thing that rolls out with the, the Black Label, you know, logo, that's kind of disappointing because I think all the stuff that's coming behind it could be very good. Uh, I know Snyder's, uh, Scott Snyder's project about this post-apocalyptic, uh, you know, Batman with like Joker's head in a bag. That sounds great. That's bizarre and weird. And I want to read that on this kind of Elseworlds label. I do not want to see Harley Quinn's boobies on this Elseworlds label. And I just, 
I want to sit him down and just just talk to him and just tell him no, because apparently no one at DC will tell him no. I, yeah, with with that, I got like halfway to an opinion on that and was just like, I don't even want to. I'm done with this. Like, I just want it kind of away. <laughs> I, I did the same thing. I think I I I read the first issue and I like I scratched my head and I was like, "There's a lot going on here. Is any of it good?" I read the second issue and decided that none of it was good, and then I haven't touched it since. And I have lived a very happy life. Um, but people just ate this book up, and I don't know why. Yeah, it was it was every week it came out. I would half in my Twitter mentions, there was without fail, somebody like, well, what about white knight? What about white knight? Like, and I, I just, I, it looked pretty but the plot was basically nonsensical, but, uh, yeah. I tried to avoid talking about it at every turn. Cause a lot of people seem to really like it for whatever reason. I just think it's weird. like, you know, you know what I mean? Like none of us is opposed to like a sex scene in a comic, but when it gets into these sort of like the intellectual, you know, property characters that theoretically, you know, kids start out young on. Like, I don't know. I feel, I don't feel icky about, about a sex scene in a comic. I do feel icky about seeing Joker Junk and Quinn Quinn. Does that that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are comics out there for every age. I mean, this is, this is an incredible medium that we uh, work I, I, I guess I feel bad calling this work uh, because it's so much fun, um, you know, that we all write about and, and read. But this this just crosses a line from being, you know, interesting and, and artistically driven and something supported by a vision to just being lurid uh, and and driven by, uh, you know, the prurient interest. It's just. There's there's no good reason for this. Like there, there's a reason why the people at DC said no. You have to put in the edits. That's the one thing they told him no about. And to be excited that you can take the edits out for again what I presume is the trade. It's just it shows me that you know if you're going to get excited about that, then you shouldn't have written it in the first place. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting thing. It's like the. Because I'll read, I my favorite book is Saga, which has, you know, imagery in it that I would be absolutely humiliated if my mother, like, happened to pick up that comic or something. But, like, blending it with... What is that man with the TV head doing with his penis? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and that wasn't even the worst imagery, like, in the last 12 issues, but um, it, as far as showing your mom. But, uh, right. yeah, with, with the superhero books, it's like, just... I don't know. Mingling them seems very strange to me, and I'm like not to sound prude or anything like that. But I just hope they they label it well on shelves so kids don't pick it up or something. Put put it in those same bags. They put the uh, sex criminals variants. Yeah, just have a big label on the front. Warning: This is a shitty comic book. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, uh, Zach, you mentioned uh, Brian Hill kind of tipping out an outsider's book. You've had some kind of other uh, 
you know, hints and, and tips and rumors you've kind of been collecting about creative teams changing on DC books going forward. Uh, what are a couple of the other examples? Well, f- full disclosure, I, yeah. I like at a certain point, you know, I'm just scrolling through Twitter all day and I, at, as do we all. To, yeah, as we all are. And it starts to blur in my head what's what's wishful thinking and what's like actually sort of legitimately been talked about somewhere. Mm-hmm. But um, I think Grant Morrison on, on Green Lantern is one that seems to be all over the place. And I think that came from Bleeding Cool. Um, but, you know, rather to get it, I guess, get into this the likelihood of that stuff, I just think a number of DC titles seem to sort of be headed for um, finales that would like leave a, uh, an open window for for a bigger creative team to come on or a different creative team to come on. Mm-hmm. And I think Green Lantern is there. Wonder Woman is certainly there because this, uh, this James Robinson bit has been tiresome. And uh, I think Aquaman and Flash both seem to be headed for... Like, I wouldn't be surprised if all four of those major properties, uh, we got announcements, um, certainly by San Diego uh, with big teams. Yeah, Wonder Woman is definitely due for uh, a marquee team. I haven't heard anyone say anything good about this James Robinson story. Um, I mean, once you're dealing with Wonder Woman's brother, I mean, my God, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> so I, I hope for a good team on, on that book. Um, we are about to head to one Green Lantern book. Right, we're we're moving away from Green Lanterns and Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Is that right, or did I just make that up? Core's ending. I think Core's ending this yeah. summer. Diddy's moving on because he's got Hawkman, but uh, I'm not sure otherwise. Yeah, I I was a big fan of Green Lanterns early uh, when Sam Humphreys was doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of wandered away, but that was that was a good book. I've been surprised that they've sustained. I mean, we have four Green Lantern books coming out a month for two years, and they've sustained that. And they, even when they brought some of them down to single titles, that was surprising to me. Um, but yeah, I think he said that issue 50 is the last issue for Core. Um, and Dan Jurgen's arc, I'm not sure uh, if that'll be a fill in or not, or what's the deal there. Okay. Um. Do we have sort of like a, a dream team for another, you know, whoever comes on Wonder Woman next? Steve Orlando's doing a couple of fill-in issues, right? Uh, yeah, he is, and I'm I'm real excited about those. Uh, one one name that came to mind I'd, that I just because as I think I've talked about every single time I've been on this podcast, I love uh, Marjorie Lou's Monstrous. Mm. It's one of my books, and there's a lot of mythology sort of in that book and it'd be, I'd be interested to see her write, uh, Wonder Woman. But, uh, other than that, I don't know. No, I think that would be a good fit. Um, uh, moving on last little bit of DC news, uh, announced it was yesterday, but, uh, Tom King's getting a seven issue mini for his kind of sanctuary concept where superheroes go to deal with PTSD, which sounds pretty cool. Uh, art by clay man who's, you know, drawn Batman, intermittently. Uh, did either of you guys see him on uh, Seth Meyers the other night, perchance? I did not, but I enjoyed all the tweets about it. Yeah. 
is, yeah, I mean, I'm, King is very gall darn likable. That's that's all I know. It's like, how are you so good at both writing and being a person? He was well, sort of a secret agent at one point, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. CIA <laughs> operative. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm torn. I have enjoyed parts of his Batman run, and I have absolutely loathed parts of his Batman run. Um. The only thing that worries me about this this heroes in crisis idea is that I believe he desperately wants to write books that matter, books that resonate, mm-hmm. books that have an emotional core to them. And that's good. What he does not appear to be good at is laying the groundwork for that kind of uh, that kind of meaning. So, I'm worried that he's not going to be able to accomplish what he wants to accomplish in this in this miniseries. Um, but when when he nails it, um, he's very good. Uh, but he misses his shot, I think, on many occasions. Yeah, I felt the same way about Batman. It's and and yeah, on paper, when you say Tom King writing about superhero PTSD. It, it's what's not what's not to to find interesting about that but really one of it looks like that booster gold arc from batman is going to pay off in this book which has essentially been probably my least favorite part of his run uh, really to date so yeah i didn't i i didn't care for it much um so that kind of tapered my excitement but i mean i i'll read any tom king book at this point like uh even with my with the complaints here and there about the Batman run, um, I'm going to buy every issue of this series. So I've kind of been uh, refraining from like uh, uh, evaluating it too much just because I know I'm going to be there for all of it. The money has already been spent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What I'll also say is that I hope it's a little bit more accessible. I I, I know, uh, Dan, you and, I, you and I have had this conversation about metal mm-hmm. in that it was so deep and it pulled in so much of DC history and it was fun to watch, but as somebody who's not well-versed in you know everything that has happened in the DC universe, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, I kind of got lost at times. So I hope this is a little bit more accessible and... I really hope he pulls it off. Like, I really hope that I can sit down with this book when it comes out and just it just tears me up inside because those are the books that I, I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, if he can do that, if he can pull off this concept, like, more power to him. I'm just, I'm just a little skeptical. Tom King, you have our full permission to tear us up. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Um, before we move into you know some of the the smaller publishers, I just want to slide over to to Marvel. Uh, hopefully not for too long, but it's funny. Before yesterday, I was ready to kind of roll into this podcast saying Marvel's been a, a kind of a big old nothing burger on the announcement front lately, at least from you know what I've been seeing rolling in. But it the last couple of days, it the stuff like. The wave, everything from the wave of cancellations from like a few months ago, The Great Calling seems to be coming back. Like they announced Iceman's getting another series again. Unstoppable Wasp is coming back. 
everybody else who got canceled in March is joining the West Coast Avengers. I'm not sure what to make of this now because I wasn't sure whether the you know these were originally Sabolski moves to start with or that they were holdovers from the Alonzo era. And also, are these like is this Marvel looking at trade sales and saying, oh crap, maybe you shouldn't have canceled these books? But what if the books only worked better in trade and didn't work? You know, they didn't work well in single issues for a reason. I don't know. I, it's it's hard to make sense of. Like that, I I don't think any of the you know these books were bad books either. I'm just trying to like, are, is Marvel setting itself up for for what? Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know the the trade sales thing. It's so hard to gauge. We don't know anything about it, but that seemed to be clearly the case with Iceman and Wasp. Um, uh, so I don't know. Maybe they want to keep the uh, the looking at the books as sort of loss leaders that they'll make back, and then some with the trades would make sense. But I should qualify that with I know absolutely nothing about business. Uh, I mean, here's the thing: like, if these characters are doing better in trade. I mean, and again, I, I too know nothing about business, but we're going to talk about it anyway. God damn it! Yes. You know why not? Why not just do these things as as like OGNs or something? Or is it that idea that OGNs don't count as canon or something? I don't know. Yeah, maybe it maybe it tapers the excitement for the trades, or they're concerned about about that. They they. Uh, may have numbers from past OGNs that just flatlined. I don't know. I I asked the creator one time at a con about that. Like why not why not just write straight to OGN and he said it was because fans tend to forget the properties when you when you set things up that way. Maybe that maybe that's sort of the equivalent of going straight to video. Or now straight to Netflix. You know, and, and too, the the price point of the OGN tends to be a little bit higher, and I think people tend to be a little more hesitant to get into it. Maybe um, I'm trying to think of some recent Marvel announcements that like got me excited or got me interested. Um, I haven't read it yet, but uh, Al Ewing's uh, new Hulk book looks pretty good. I've heard good things. I haven't read it myself, but everyone who has read it that I've listened to has raved. I have read it. It is very good. Um, yeah, just read it, both of you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had no concept of who he was as a writer before uh, You Are Deadpool, and I just I I loved that. So I'm I'm looking forward to getting into that whole book. Um, it it doesn't have anything in common with you are Deadpool. But I, <laughs> I think you like it a lot. Uh, the only other thing that has been like percolating in my mind as Marvel news is that uh, Wolverine now has like superheated claws. What the hell is that? <laughs> uh, look, like that's I, that's I dumb. Say, that's like saying Cyclops is coming back and his his. Friggin' force beams will now have heat or something. It's... Look, I I trust Charles Soul. Like I just whatever he's doing, he has a reason for doing it. Um, but yeah, I I can understand that being weird because it is weird. Um, logistically for him, it, it's super convenient. I mean, I don't know if there's some sort of gross out factor to preparing food with your heated claws, but I could see a lot of uses for that in his personal life. 
cauterizing the wounds he creates each time he pops his claws. Well, I was thinking like you could, you know, prepare ramen with your heated claws. <laughs> There's a lot of cooking applications there. Save money on gas. Just pop your claws into the pot. <laughs> Add chicken flavor and stir. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, hot claws. Um, yeah, the, the last Marvel announcement I got really excited for was probably Kelly Thompson's West Coast Avengers. Uh, I, I genuinely think that's going to be a good book. Otherwise, and this is a, a much smaller announcement, but uh, the Domino Annual, uh, which is kind of kind of be like it, they're giving it the anthology treatment, but it's like Gail and Gail Simone, Fabian Nicieza, Leo Williams. So I mean, that's just it's one book, but it's it's good creators. Yeah, they, they have uh, Saladin Ahmad writing a, an amazing Spider-Man annual that piqued my interest, and I think Brian Hill's doing a Miles Morales annual. So I don't know if these annuals are sort of maybe test runs for these um, creators on, on bigger properties, but I'm going to buy them all. Well, you generally have, tend to have the largest of the NCBD halls that I see from week to week. So, yeah, I have a problem. Control <laughs> 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 issues. Admitting it is the first step, Zach. This is actually our your intervention. <laughs> <laughs> My wife will be so happy that you guys took the trouble to do this. <laughs> okay, we're going to need you to sit down, and uh, we're going to read you some letters that we've written, and uh, we just want you to listen, okay? <laughs> and then we'll, we'll we'll close with a prayer um just kidding so yeah uh ahoy comics showed up today uh out of, out of nowhere and was like yeah we're gonna do comics with like pros and stuff and also we have grant morrison i mean i was i read that and was like okay cool like <laughs> sounds good guys i mean i don't know anything else about you or what you're doing but Grant, but it's Grant Morrison not writing comics, so that I was I like Grant Morrison, but I don't know if it's exactly the same sort of writing. Uh, but I'll read I, it. I think I'll it is. Pro, I think he's contributing the pro stuff. There's yeah, there's, that's right. I read that it was Grant Morrison was doing a prose piece in each issue, mm-hmm. um, and like I said, I don't know if the same skill set uh, that you need to write comic books and graphic novels necessarily translates automatically to prose, but I suppose we'll find out uh, when we start reading these. Uh, I mean, it's not the, I mean, it's not the first time they've put, you know, prose and comics or anything like that. The uh, Twisted Romance that came out around uh, February had like essays in the middle of kind of the anthology stuff um, from Image. Yeah, but they've announced uh, two books so far, both written by Tom Pyre. Um, first one is The Wrong Earth, uh, drawn by Jamal Eigel, whom I guess I talked to too prematurely for us to get into this, <laughs> literally just like two weeks ago. Um, ah, scheduling! I know! <laughs> uh, but that one's about, uh, two alternate Earth versions of the same character, uh, one evil, one good. And then the other one is uh, High Heaven, Tom Pear again with Greg Scott on art. Uh, what happens when a chronic complainer dies and goes to heaven? Sounds so, funny. Yeah. yeah. Interesting concepts. 
Um, yeah, it's just it's an interesting time for like small press publishers. I feel like there's a lot more of them, and it's a lot easier for them to kind of get noticed or or flip their properties into other media. Which I mean, that's not, that's not a complaint. That's a good thing. I mean, it kind of transitions perfectly into like Vault, which is this interest that like family owned publisher out of Montana and they've only been around for like two years and they already have like three movie or TV deals in the pipeline, which is, is crazy. Uh, Zach, you're reading a couple other books, right? Yeah. I, uh, I'm reading deep roots, wasted space, cult classic and, and Maxwell's demons. And I did not realize I was reading that many vault titles until just now, but yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm up to four. And and I'm just nodding along here uh, for the listeners uh, because I am on those same four books as well because they're good books. Um, you know, I am primarily a, a digital reader. Uh, you know, I have a, a selection of, of, of physical comics because I, I I don't know I pick them up whenever I. Some of them kind of interest me. Um, but I think that's one advantage that, uh, or maybe not advantage, but something that kind of levels the playing field for these smaller publishers. Like, it can be burdensome to get on a platform like Comixology. But once you're there, you know, you stand right next to, you know, the big two or the big three uh, where people can find your books. So, it's not surprising to me that, you know, in 2018, uh, you know, these titles uh, like at Vault or even, um, you know, Ahoy, uh, which just, you know, just kind of in the planning stages that these titles that smaller uh, publishers can take off. Um, but uh, I especially look forward to the uh, to what they have at Ahoy because I have always liked kind of the mixed medium approach. Uh, I love people that play with, uh, you know, what a comic book is and what it can be. Um, so, yeah, give me critical essays, give me prose, you know, give me panels. I'll take all of it. Um, but Vault, especially as as a small uh, small publisher, is putting out some great stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I agree with all that, uh, especially I where I live. There's maybe one store that that stocks vault uh, regularly, so the barrier to to sort of pick those books up would have been a lot higher if I wasn't reading them digitally. And I'm sure I'm far from alone on that. Um, yeah, and, and like Will said, that for me it was I'd always sort of resisted reading digital comics, and then I got a tablet as a gift, and it took like two comics for me to be like, this is so much easier. <laughs> like how did how did it like it felt like emerging from some sort of uh, dark cave of prehistoric comic reading. And now uh, I almost all the small publisher books I read are, I do digitally. Last kind of publisher on the list, uh, Valiant last week kind of gave us a taste of a few titles coming out after Harbinger Wars two. Some of them are kind of expected, like they're giving faith, a, a, you know, another book again, that makes sense. Uh, Livewire's getting her own solo title. 
after kind of being the, the star or at least the sort of inciting character of the crossover, uh, drawn by the secret weapons artists, which I, I am very glad that they didn't leave Valiant along with Eric Heiser, but uh, Raul Allen and uh, Patricia Martin. But I think the book I'm actually kind of excited for is uh, the new Bloodshot volume, Rising Spirit, because it's being co-written by Zach Thompson and Nadi Lonnie Nadler, who I they're like they're becoming this uh, two-headed body horror Paul Bunyan. They they kind of just go from publisher to publisher and 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 drop a little bit of themselves. Like they're on cable right now at Marvel. They got Come Into Me at Black Mask. Uh, Oh God! Um, that what's that book they have at Aftershock? Um, uh, Her Infernal Descent. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to say I walk through hell, but that's Garth Ennis. But it's a book about a mom who goes to hell. So, but um, yeah, are you guys reading any other stuff right now? Yeah, I um, uh, uh, come into me is mm-hmm. is creepy and weird and crazy. And uh, yeah, they are they are great uh, writing team, absolutely. Yeah, I'm reading her Infernal Descent um, and liking it quite a bit. I'm actually considering going back to check out Cable because of it, which is a book I never thought I'd read. Uh, I am I'm really enjoying this current Cable arc. It it plays with Cable's history, like there's definite retconage there, but it's it's interesting. You know, it's almost like giving Cable his own uh, boogeyman. So, and so it, it re-examines his history in the face of this character. Uh, I, I can't pronounce whether it's, it's Metus or Metus. It's M-E-T-U-S. But, like, it's, it's re-examining sort of, like, the Liefeld X-Force era, the time when he was hanging around with Nate Gray, um, you know, jumping through time with Hope. And just kind of presenting it in a different way. It's it's really interesting. I figured we kind of close out though. Uh, you know, kind of switch from news to some positive stuff. Stuff we're we're you know picked up this week that we're uh, digging on. Zach, you want to go first? Yeah, I I haven't. I'm you know as I mentioned, I have somewhat of an impulse control problem with comics week <laughs> to week, and I'm pro- I have about ten comics I haven't even even read yet this week i'm so behind but um a couple books that jumped out to me were hawkman and plastic man at dc which i thought were significant because rebirth was sort of playing it as playing it safe as you could get almost with the what heroes are getting books and it's nice to see them sort of reaching back into dc's incredibly deep bench of characters and i really enjoyed uh what gail simone did with with plastic man which is also, essentially, a book about trauma, which was an interesting, uh, probably a total coincidence for it to come out the day Tom King announced that, but mm-hmm. highly recommend that one. Um, and then Venom by Donny Cates at Marvel was another one I really liked this week. Um, the, I was kind of mixed on the first issue. I thought it was good, but I didn't really know what he was doing with it. And the second issue brought it into focus a lot better, and, and uh, I'm very excited to see where that goes. Um, and then the last book, uh, Bloodstrike, Bloodstrike Brutalist by, uh, I think, Michael Fife. Is that is it Michael? Um, I think it might be Michelle, actually. Michelle? Like yeah. Michelle Fiffy? Yeah. Like I knew I, it. <laughs> as soon as I started to bring that book up, I was like, oh, no, now I have to pronounce his name aloud. <laughs> <laughs> the hardest thing in comics, pronouncing names. And I walked right into it. I should have just been like, that's it. I'm done with Venom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
That book is sort of to Bloodstrike as X-Men Grand Design is to X-Men. So. I was going to say that. I'm getting total Ed Pisker vibes from his art. Yeah, it's very cool, and I, I really enjoyed it, um, and I and highly recommend that one as well. Will, how about you? Um, I already mentioned uh, You Are Deadpool. Uh, that's, that's been out uh, a while now. I guess the trade is, is coming here shortly. Uh, but in terms of uh, a couple of books that are out now, I am a big mark for Bubba Hotep. I loved, I loved the original, you know, Bruce Campbell movie, and just that was my thing. Uh, you know, in two thousand and four, uh, I have an interview coming with the writer on uh, Bubba Hotep and the Cosmic Bloodsuckers. Um, uh, Joshua uh, Jeff Kuga. He is he is a he is so hyped about this book. He is so invested in this in this material, and I think he's got a great thing going. Uh, so that's one recommendation I have now. Um, Nancy Drew out this week was hilarious. I I loved it. It was a good uh, kind of callback to uh, to kind of the the foundations of that universe, and it was contextualized for 2018. Uh, and it was really good. Um, a couple of things coming out shortly that I've that I've read that I've loved. Uh, Shanghai Red uh, from Christopher Sabella is is coming out uh, either next week or the week after, and it is a great action book. Um, the turn of the century uh, pirateering, and it's just it's great. The art is fantastic. Uh, the Ice Cream Man trade is coming out uh, in a couple of weeks as well. If you missed Ice Cream Man, like get on that trade for sure. July, uh, we've got Unnatural uh, from uh, Merca and Dolfo. That was a great book that I just read. Uh, you know, we talked about um, you know White Knight and the uh, just kind of the shamelessness of the uh, explicit material. Unnatural is a great book that does explicit material well, and it has a reason for doing explicit material and uh, it, it examines sexual politics with talking animals. And it's a great book. Uh, and then finally, uh, coming up in August, we've got Crowded, uh, also from Christopher Sabella over at Image. Um, I love it for a bunch of different reasons, uh, including uh, the title is a pun and I just, I can't get over it. Uh, it's about this um, this woman who finds herself the target of uh, a crowdsourced assassination. So crowded, crowd dead. I just I can't get over it. It's it's great. Um, so that's kind of uh, what I'm reading now, and and what I have read as a member of the comics press uh, that uh, that I I'm that I would recommend to people coming out here soon. Is that the voice you put on when you do the interviews? <laughs> I, I am, I am a member of the crowd, uh, the comics press. So I have, I have a badge. I am an important person. Um, for me, uh, I'm going to say Mr. Miracle, even though it's freaking obvious, but yeah, that book's still out and it's still amazing. Uh, I just read, uh, the weatherman from image, which is, uh, written by Jody LaHup who put out shirtless bear fighter last year, which I, that was what's that? I said that was a hoot. Yeah. Shirtless bear fighter was one of my favorite books last year <laughs> and I will fight any bear that says otherwise. Um, yeah, no, this one is 
very, very different. Um, art by Nathan Fox, but this one is about a uh, weatherman on a terraformed Mars in the year uh, 2770, uh, like seven years after a disaster wipes out Earth, for which the weatherman may be responsible or maybe not. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of unreliable uh, narration at play. Like the guy seems like a goof, but also he's got a whole bunch of swords and stuff. So it, it's, uh, you know, it's hard to tell, but, uh, you know, great coloring, good to look at, a lot of good world building in the first issue. Uh, I'm going to keep up with that one. And, uh, I oh, I, I just said I concur. It was, it was yeah. a great first issue. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, and then I uh, picked up the uh, the Marvel 2-in-1 annual, um, which was, like, heavily Doom-centric. Zdarsky's been, you know, hitting it out of the park with uh, with that book. And it... I don't know. I, I, I'm excited the Fantastic Four coming back. I'm not excited that Dan Slott is writing it, but if you told me that, like, my Chippers was taking over that book, was writing Fantastic Four, I would be jumping off the walls. <laughs> Uh, well, I think that uh, that wraps us about up. Uh, how can people follow you guys online if you, in fact, wish to be followed? <laughs> uh, I'm at batmansbookcase.com and batmansbookcase on Twitter. I am at Will Nevin, and you can read my takes on various uh, comic books and things at oregonlive.com slash books. Um, and... Um, yeah, you could also avoid my Twitter shit posting, but hey, that's up to you. Uh, don't avoid his Twitter shit posting. It is good. It is good content. <laughs> Never tweet. Never. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for coming aboard. A pleasure as always. Yeah, thanks. That's it for this week's show, but before we wrap up, uh, just a quick correction. Ahoy Comics actually has four rollout titles, not two. It's uh, Wrong Earth, High Heaven, Captain Ginger, which is about a spaceship piloted by cats, and Edgar Allan Poe's Snifter of Terror, a horror anthology. So uh, we're going to be finding out a lot more about Ahoy in the uh, in the coming weeks and months, uh, I'm sure. Actually, I uh, checked the site on Monday. I uh, got to do a quick email Q&A with their editor-in-chief, Tom Pear. So uh, more on that to come. Uh, in the meantime, as always, you can listen to WMQ&A on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at WMQComics.com, where new episodes move Monday mornings. You can follow WMQ Comics on Twitter and Facebook, and you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel P. Grote. Finally, check out WMQComics.com for all your comics news, previews, reviews, interviews, and plain old views. And we'll see you next time. WMQA!